A new report shows all of that excess cash everyone saved during the pandemic might be close to gone. Plus, why making an outside hire may now be much more costly for employers. And we sit down with Mach 1 founder David Lee to discuss his new book on not just finding success, but higher purpose in life. Your market moment starts now. Welcome to the Market Moment. This is Matt here with Lee, Eli, Men. What's up? How are we doing? It's hot. It's it's brutally hot. <laughs> the last two podcasts we talked about how nice it was. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, this weather. The, you know, with the guy from San Diego we, or the. We um, need to come up with something else to talk about than the weather. The weather, yeah. It's it's hot. We um, you know, we bought tickets to a concert that was Sunday night. We bought them like three months ago. And it was a hot Sunday night for this country concert. And, you know, you get 20,000 people in close proximity. And mm-hmm. it's – we survived, drank a lot of water. Yeah, but. it's, it's like, dangerously hot. I was, I was watering some trees I planted this year. I was watering them last night, and it was, like, dark. I mean, the sun had gone down, and my phone said, feels like temperature, 103. Yeah, when mm-hmm. we, went to, yeah, we went to bed, and I, I checked the heating deck. It was, like, 8.30 at night. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why. So, you know, be, in all yeah. seriousness, like, be careful out there. We, you know, they've we've started drinking the hydration packets that go in, go in your water because by the end of the day, I feel like I'm dehydrated every day. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you're starting to get notifications of football games um, changing their Canceled start times. Change, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I read a, a tweet yesterday from the AAA saying that, you know, schools are not allowed to have practices during the day. It has to be either early morning, yeah, that's crazy. late in the evening. But you're starting to see high schools push their games to like eight or eight thirty start start times, and mm-hmm. even then, like you said, the heat index is still. I think we get some above. some help next week. Temperatures yeah. drop, so yeah. that'll be much um, appreciated. So last week's numbers with the market: S and P down two point one, Nasdaq down two point six, Dow down two point one. Uh, Powell, Jerome Powell is going to speak later this week, just at a conference in Jackson Hole. So last week wasn't a great week for the markets. You know, we've seen some pressure on the markets as a whole over the last few weeks. Any any quick thoughts on just what we've seen lately? And, you know, yesterday was a, a good day in the markets. Today started up. But um, yeah, the markets have just gone up really fast. Yeah. You know, I mean, the NASDAQ obviously had a lot more to go up. Um, you know, it's, it was not surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, earnings are kind of beginning to the, – the earnings season is just about over. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It – you know, this period, the summers are typically slow anyway. Traders are on vacation still up in <laughs> New York. And and so, you know, anytime you get volatility in the summer, it typically means more on the downside than upside. So, it yeah, just I mean, we're, it, the market rarely does what you think it should. Yeah. But it definitely feels like there's some room to give up on with the specific with the S&P and the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, it went up so quick coming out of last year. And it was really hard to, I mean, you look at, consensus like what every economist every ceo was saying on earnings calls you know end of last year beginning of this year it was like you know recession 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 and then it's like the market just started going straight up and so it's hard to make sense of it so i feel like you know it it, we've got some room to Mm -hmm. give up now we'll see what happens it's interesting because the market has gone up so much this year but all of the people that i follow that are financial writers all of them in majority, have basically stayed pessimistic. So all of the statistics that people are putting out, all the stories that people are writing, aren't the economy's going really well. You know, it's and all 
bad side. And, you know, and most of the big wirehouses and so forth that put out their S&P end of the year predictions, most of the ones that I see are were at it or, or above. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, you know, I, I don't think many people out there mainstream are, you know, projecting that the next four months are near as good mm-hmm. as as what we've experienced the first you know two-thirds of the year but like you said markets don't always make sense yeah yeah they rarely do so um yeah we'll see what happens it'll definitely be interesting and we yeah. were just talking about before we got on here that it's crazy but the fed has all the ammunition they need to potentially hike rates again some point this year so Goodness. um wouldn't wouldn't be too shocked to see that again and um yeah, so we'll see how the market reacts the rest of this year. It should be interesting. Um, but first topic we want to talk about today is cash. So a lot of people accumulated a lot of cash over the last few years, right? Because, you know, wages started going up. Um, you know, there was stimulus. There was this check sent out to everybody. And um, so people accumulated more cash, had more cash and savings and on reserve than they've a lot of people have mm-hmm. ever had. And we've started to see that kind of uh, start to deplete. According mm-hmm. to the Fed, uh, Bureau of San Francisco, Americans accumulated $2.1 trillion in total excess savings during the pandem- pandemic. Their analysis now suggests that only $500 billion of that um, remains and will likely be depleted in the third quarter. The Federal Reserve had credited the savings buildup with helping keep the economy rolling. Credit card debt continues to increase, topping $1 trillion for the first time. Um, not surprising. We've talked about this for a while. We've talked about M2 money supply mm-hmm. and you know, the excess savings and how that's been dwindling down. I mean, you, you, that wasn't sustainable. People are still spending money, mm-hmm. so it makes sense. The credit card debt, to me, is not an alarming thing just yet because um, it's a big number, but if you're comparing that, it's a historic high, but if you compare that to the economy and the population, it's like those things are also historic right. highs, so you kind of expect um, debt to go up. But anything, uh, you know, looking at this that worries you or – any interesting points or thoughts? Well, there are definitely things that worry me. 70% of the GDP in America is made up by the consumer. And the consumer now, the, their savings rate is dropping, and it's going to even drop quicker once student loans have to be repaid mm-hmm. starting September 1st. Mm-hmm. So that's next month that student loans are going to have to start. I saw a statistic. This was back in May, so it's probably worse now. Over a third of Americans have more in credit card debt than they do in savings. And that's only going to increase as student loans increase. So, yeah, there's definitely some things looking at this that would be big picture concerning. You know, it's it's been a buffer. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, you know, it, the, the consumer's hurting. I mean, and, and you're really beginning to see that. I mean, inflation is just, you know, we've talked about it, it seems like, ad nauseum for the last six months. But... I mean, I think the consumer's really hurting, and I think there's a lot of people out there, maybe not in Northwest Arkansas, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people out there that are worried, you know, that, yes, their wages may be higher, but, you know, inflation is there. They're seeing their savings account dwindle, credit card balances. Mm-hmm. Stuff's up. expensive. Yeah. Everything is mortgages so expensive. Are as high as they were Haley took the kids to an aquarium yesterday, just a small aquarium here in town. For her and the three kids, it was $88. <sighs> To go the aquarium, like, and yeah. she told me that. And I was like, that's crazy, Yeah, you know? And so it's like anything, anything that you do is mm-hmm. just super expensive. Going out to eat, going to, you know, do something fun. And so 
people are going to have to start making you know hard decisions on do you scale back back on that or do you just continue to deplete savings mm-hmm. because wages have not gone up fast enough to keep up with that right right i'd like to see a correlation between credit card debt and pickleball activity because <laughs> <laughs> i think it would be pretty close <clears throat> like as people's credit card debt rise they go to the free activity pickleball oh, i get it i get your point <laughs> yeah yeah the 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 parks yeah yeah pickleball disc golf <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 rough out there so americans de- demanding higher pay as we look at um you know there's a huge push through COVID of people jumping around, changing jobs and, mm-hmm. and doing really well with that, right? Mm-hmm. Getting huge offers to move. And they had a lot of flexibility because they could work from home. Um, and we've seen that trend kind of somewhat continue. A new survey from the Federal Reserve shows Americans are demanding more money to switch jobs. According to the survey, the minimum acceptable salary to switch jobs rose to $78,645. That's an 8% jump from a year ago. The average full-time offers up to just under 70000 up 14% from a year ago. Um, Fed officials made a note in July that wages were rising above levels they considered to be consistent with their 2% inflation target. So, you know, people are still expecting and wanting to get paid. Um, there's, I think there's still a little bit of, you know, power in the employer, maybe not as much as there was a couple years ago, but there's still a lot of power to the, in the employer, in the employee's hands. And that's kind of weird to say with as tight of a job market as we have, but um, people are still hiring and, you know, people are moving around. So, and, and, and this is the one, one of the main things that gives me pause with the fed. This is the, this statistic right here shows me that, you know, as long as you have this kind of, you know, higher wage inflation that the fed has every bit of reasons to, to can you there, you know, push to get down to 2%. Um, well, it's like, you can't, I mean, and I say you can't, and then it'll happen, but Housing market at an all-time high. Um, most people have locked in rates at three percent, give or take, and employment's at like a fifty-year, you know, unemployment's mm-hmm. at like a fifty-year low. You can't have a recession with all of those things being true, right. in my opinion. I mean, just historically speaking, yeah. right? Something's got to break for there if we are going to go into a recession. So, to your point, the Fed's got all the ammunition they need to say, well, why can't we keep increasing rates? Everything's, for the most part, good. Good. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we, we talked about this, you know, it was back in our old building when we were doing a podcast talking about, you know, one of the ways to earn more money is to leave your job. You, you're not necessarily mm-hmm. going to get your big salary increases at your current job. So, you know, this particular person that was writing the article was saying move jobs to get, you know, much higher wages. And this, yeah, this study point. is showing it. I mean, $80,000 essentially is the average you yeah. know, salary mm-hmm. that people are, are demanding and getting. And so it just, you know, that just that tells you what you need to know as far as inflation goes. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast um, the other day, one that me and Eli both listened to, and they were talking about a story of there was this t- town in like Minneapolis or somewhere or Minnesota that it was a small town, but the entire police force just quit. Yeah, because of the pay and they're like, we're putting our lives on the line and we can go tomorrow and get jobs that pay higher hourly rates. <laughs> and so they literally the whole police force just quit. And so um, you have to be competitive as an employer. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Thoughts? I don't have many thoughts <laughs> on this, but you go back a couple years ago everyone was calling it the great resignation and we thought that the great resignation was slowing down 
But I'm not seeing it even from the advisor side. Clients come in, even around here, especially around here, people are changing jobs and getting Mm -hmm. 20K plus salary raises. You're talking 20, 30, 40% raises is not something crazy to see someone come in and say, I switched a job and got a 40% raise. And if you can do that, there's no way that people are not going to take that. Well, and employers have, a lot of employers have been able to afford to do this because of inflation, Mm -hmm. right? And so inflation has given them the margins to be able to say, okay, we can get really competitive. (coughs) We can pay people more. The, I, I was talking to a guy yesterday. He said they're actually nervous. Um, he, he works for a very large retailer in northwest Arkansas. Okay. Um, and <laughs> he said, like, they're actually nervous that inflation starts to cool off, right? Yeah. Because that puts pressure on them. Um, and, they, you know, that, that's going to really start eating in, in, into their margins. And so yeah. that's going to be when things get interesting. Um, if prices – if pricing pressure, you know – um, gets too heavy and they have to start pulling back prices. Like, can they keep doing some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, blocking to be disabled by X quick, quick touch on this. I know this kind of blew up the internet r- real quick, but <laughs> a really popular feature on X formerly known as Twitter. Right. Um, Elon Musk announced that you're not going to be able to block people. And it, there, I'm not, I'm not on social media at all, have zero social media accounts. But I saw just in the news that there was this kind of blew up and a lot of people were mad about, like, why would you take this feature away? Um, any thoughts on this? Or I mean, he's like, he just went in there and dropped a grenade. And it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just Elon Musk. He, you know, you talk about a renegade. You just, you, you know, if you work for Twitter or X. I mean, truly, every day is probably different. You know, it's like, oh, it's Thursday. I wonder what, you know, grenade, like you just said, Elon's going to drop on the employees. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, th- you know, in all social media, you you have the ability to block people, certain segments of people, you know, for whatever reason. And he's taken that away. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely create some noise. I don't have any thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a... We just can't have a podcast without talking about Elon Musk, so we had to throw that in there. But one thing we've been really excited about talking about, um, for any of you viewers who aren't clients, viewers or listeners of Mach 1, you know, the three of us are advisors for Mach 1, and our founder, David Lee, just recently published a book that we're all really excited for, and Lee, just earlier this morning, got a chance to speak with him um, and ask him a few questions about that process. All right, we're here with David Lee, a face that is familiar to many, but one that has not been on our podcast. Yeah, in fact, and, this is the first time I've ever been in this fancy room that yeah, we created, at, you know. while we're recording. Well, yeah. for many of you that may not know, David is the founder, CEO of Mach 1. He was the person that began these podcasts. A long time ago. long time ago. ago. I think yeah. we're up into the 150s, 160s yeah. or so. I mean, yeah. maybe approaching 200 episodes, but... Um, we can now add a new title to to David Lee, um, author, um, and we're here today to spend a little bit of time talking about David's new book, Mission Focused, Purpose Driven. David, tell us a little bit about what you know what the book is about, but kind of what how this started. How, yeah. how did you come up with the idea to do this? Yeah, um, you know, it, honestly, it had been kind of a dream of mine for probably five years or so, um, just to kind of tell the story about how we how the company got to where we are. Um, for those of you who are clients who are watching this, you know, our, our tagline for the last several years has been 
mission focused, purpose driven. So when when we started talking about it, in fact, I think you were even in the room uh, for this, Lee. I know Matt was uh, talking about titles. We eventually came up with, well, hey, let's just make it the same title as as our tagline, mission mm-hmm. focused, purpose driven, and kind of tell the story about how did Mach One get from you know, starting off struggling to just survive to where we are today, you know, by the grace of God, again, it's, it's, it's all kind of laid out in the book there, but, um, but the whole theme of the book, the title of the book, mission focused, purpose driven is the theme of it. In other words, you know, what is, what is our mission right. at Mach 1? At, at Mach 1, as, as we know, it's to help our clients achieve their goals, mm-hmm. but what's the higher purpose behind that? You know, you got to, we can all point to examples and, and people that we've seen in life that we either know personally or that we've heard about who've achieved all their goals and had a lot of success, but never really found happiness or fulfillment in mm-hmm. life. So the book also talks about how can you achieve your goals and also have true fulfillment, lasting fulfillment and meaning in your life. So what was it like? Um, walk us through the process. How did, you know, how, how did this book come about yeah um so uh, we've worked for years we've partnered for years with a firm called advisors excel uh-huh. up in topeka kansas and they were actually one of the first ones that recommended to me that hey you guys should have a book your company should have a book it helps with marketing and some different things but um so uh they've got a, a team they've got a process actually to make the book writing a, a lot simpler in fact you'll notice on the byline uh i'm listed as the author but i also credited becky tanner uh-huh. she was like the the so-called ghostwriter for the deal right so every friday we would have a, about a half an hour interview becky was a uh an a, a newspaper reporter i believe for in um wichita kansas if okay. i remember correctly and so it was just kind of like doing an interview for a newspaper article every friday for 30 minutes for like a solid year yeah. roughly and so she would take those interviews and then she kind of helped to formulate the book out of that and then and then after that whole process finished that year-long worth of interviews then it went through several edits i would come back and edit all the chapters and then and then she would make the edits and then it would come back to me so we went through like three rounds of me editing it then it went off to a team of professional editors uh with advisors excel Mm -hmm. their book team and went through another two or three rounds of editing and then finally ended up in the form that you see today. Yeah. So it was a long process. <clears throat> so Advisors Excel, I know that have encouraged a lot of their firms yeah. that work with them to do this, but what was the purpose behind you writing this book? You know, what was that driving um, focus? Yeah. Well, n- there's a couple of things, uh, things I think initially it was, um, like I t- said, I'd had the goal for several years. You know, I thought it, I always thought it'd be kind of cool to be a published author and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, when Advisors Excel started also pushing that, that was kind of the, the push that pushed me over the edge, yeah. you might say, and made me go ahead and commit to it. But, um, but the process, even though it was long and it took, it took longer than I thought, it took like a year and a half from start to finish. Uh, I really enjoyed the process. And, um, you know, initially the, the initial, um, I guess theme or purpose of the book was just going to be to kind of tell a little bit of the story of Mach 1 and then kind of have a whole lot of how do you do this whole investing thing? Because that's the business that we're in, right? right? We're wealth managers. Um, But it kind of, as I got into it, um, the purpose of it kind of changed to to how how can I uh, write a book that can maybe help someone uh, learn 
a process for how they can achieve their goals mm-hmm. and have true success and meaning in life. After after doing all that, there wasn't really a whole lot of room left to get into yeah. the nuts and bolts of financial planning. There's some of that in there. In fact, I, I talk a lot about, I relate how um, tactics are developed in the fighter pilot world mm-hmm. to how we develop investment tactics, so to speak, here at Mach 1, Uh, things like acceptable level of risk. That's actually a fighter pilot term. For those of you who are clients, you've heard us talk about our ALR models. That comes from my fighter pilot background. ALR, we would have ALR low, medium, and high, and you'd have different tactics that you would employ based on what the acceptable risk level was for the day. So I talk a little bit about that in there, but it's very much focused on how do you achieve your goals and how do you do it with while having true meaning and fulfillment in your life. Well, I've read the book, um, and I'll share my thoughts here in just a minute, but what do you hope that our readers get out of it? I mean, it's a, it's a pretty easy read. Yeah. I mean, you could sit down on an evening and, and, and finish it in a couple hours probably. Absolutely. But what do you hope our readers get out of this? There's a couple of things I think for, uh, in the forward, I talk a little bit about this. The book is really written to two audiences Mm -hmm. primarily. It's written to our clients for uh, existing clients and future prospective clients and to our employees, existing and future employees, because I want them to, to know and understand the background of Mach 1 and how God has blessed it and how you'll see, I mean, you've read the book, so you know, Lee, there's several instances throughout our history where it's just truly God's providence that allowed us to survive and and grow during those early uh, difficult years. So that's that's a big part of it. I want our existing employees and future employees to understand our core values and how God has been faithful through the years. Um, I also want people, client, clients especially, uh, but also employees, to understand what our future vision is and where we want to go in the future as a company and why the charities that we've chosen to partner with, like Loving Choices and The Call and Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Child Family uh, Advocacy Center, mm-hmm. CFAC, um, why those charities are so important to us, why we think it's so important to change the trajectory of the next generation, that's all laid out in the book too. So it's it's kind of, so there's a multi-purposes yeah. that I hope that someone gets out of it. I hope they understand how God's been faithful. I hope they understand where we plan to go in the future and why we've chosen the charities we want to partner with. And I hope that, you know, they... I also truly hope they get the gospel message out of it. I kind of lay out the, you know, the truth of the gospel mm-hmm. in the book a little bit too. So you know, one thing that you know, my wife Susan loves about anything is the backstory, mm. and I think that for those who read this book, you kind of get the rest of the story. I mean, you walk into our doors and you meet with advisors, clients do, and and that may be all they see. Yeah. But reading this book, you kind of learn the history yeah, the that history brought us it. to this point. Two things, um, you kind of mentioned one of them when I read the book, was God's providence, yeah. you know, and I was kind of thinking the word grace, yeah. but faith, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. the, the 18 years yeah. that you've been in, you know, to this point, yeah. haven't always been easy. <laughs> That's um, an understatement. You know, and, and, you know, there's been mountaintops, there's been valleys, yeah. but through it all, you know, you and Jenny and the team have, you know, displayed a lot of faith and, yeah. and there was probably some days that you wanted to be like, you know what? I'm not sure this is going to work, but um, for sure. I would encourage everyone to read the book. The book, again, is titled Mission Focused, Purpose Driven, Goals, Purpose, 
equals success with fulfillment. And I think that's that's the key there, success with fulfillment. You can get this book at Amazon. You know, you can just type in the title of the yeah, book. Mission Focus, it'll take Purpose you to Driven it. on Amazon.com, um, and it'll take you right to it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, again, thank you, David, for stopping yeah. by and, and sharing the, the story of becoming an author. Yeah. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Super excited for David. You know, I know he. We, we've kind of watched him work on this for the last mm-hmm. year, year and a half. Year and a yeah. half. I mean, it's been it's been uh, quite the grind for him. Every and, Friday with his calendar blocked off. Every, yeah. yeah, he's he's put in a lot of effort, a lot of time. So excited for him. Excited for the firm. It tells you know the story of Mach One and and just, a gr- and a great title. I mean, yeah. you know, we 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 talk about it often with our employees and and clients, but to be able to title the book "Mission Focused, Purpose Driven," that's that encapsulates really everything that Mach 1's about, and, and that goes back to David's founding of the firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's awesome. So if, uh, you'll check it out. You can find it on Amazon. Um, reach out to us. We can get get you a digital copy or something. Go buy like a bunch of copies. You know, we, you know, you know, David's already feeling pretty confident. You know, he's an author now. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the last thing we need is for him to be on the Amazon bestsellers list <laughs> or something. But, um, but, no, seriously, you can go get it on Amazon. Um, at I don't know, fifteen bucks. It's a good, quick, easy read. It's, it's a yeah. and it's a fun read. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So check it out for sure. As always, we want to end with a thought of the day. This one is from Nelson Mandela. Um, many of you might know him as Morgan Freeman or played by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That's right. Most recently, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. As always, we appreciate you guys listening and watching the podcast, and look forward to you joining us next time. that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's value. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-1financial.com disclosures.